you're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern, helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, and you're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast. Today's episode is in response to an email I received from a blog reader named Spencer Jensen. Oddly enough, I had received a previous question similar to this, which I decided not to cover on the show. I didn't think it would apply to enough listeners at the time, but with multiple questions coming in along these lines, I decided it was time to talk about merging creative ventures under a single brand. In this case, we're talking about merging indie publishing and music. I'll link you to Spencer's SoundCloud page in the show notes. In the meantime, here's an abbreviated version of the email I received from Spencer. I believe I'm in a unique position. I've built up a decent local and online fan base from my previous bands, but right now I'm focused on completing my first work of fiction, which is science fiction. I want to create a dual brand of musician author. I do think this could be a unique opportunity to create a new model equal parts musician and author. In our follow-up conversation, Spencer mentioned that he has an interest in film scoring and directing as well, which would have the potential of letting him merge writing, music through the film scores, and his overall creative interest in film. But we're going to focus this time mostly on combining music and writing. Now, Spencer also then asked what my favorite part about the music PR business was, And I'm going to cover that here as well, because I think indie authors could learn a lot from musicians when it comes to marketing and PR. And my answer for Spencer touches on that. And I actually have a series planned that I've been working on for months trying to get going, where I'm going to be bringing in indie musicians to all indie writers combination through the podcast and the blog, most likely. And what I want them to do is teach authors what they know about promoting independent creative projects because to put it pretty bluntly here they're much better at it authors kind of suck at marketing compared to musicians and they have an awful lot they can teach you a lot of things that most authors aren't doing yet so i'm really excited about that series in the meantime let's talk about this idea of merging your writing and your music or other type of creative pursuit under one brand. So first, a bit of background. My background is in music PR, as I just mentioned, because Spencer had asked about it. And I used to work with indie musicians to help them promote themselves. These are mostly not musicians who are looking to get into labels. These were very business-oriented musicians, for the most part, who really liked that DIY approach, but they needed a little extra help getting radio campaigns and things like that set up. So they were embracing this whole indie culture long before it was the in thing to do for authors. And that's the kind of background that I come from. And then my firm later transitioned to work with independent business owners, um, a lot of webmasters, for example, and other types of creative professionals, such as authors. Now, what was interesting about this, and it's funny that I didn't think other people were interested in this idea, and then it turns out, you know, all these other questions are coming in, because this is something that I've thought about doing with my business for a long time. If you don't know, my official business name is 3Beat Media. Now, I chose that for two reasons. At the current time, and still now, 
I had basically a three-prong approach to my writing business. There is freelance work, and then there is web publishing and blogging, and the third is indie publishing, mostly ebooks so far. Now, another big reason I chose that brand name, though, was that at the time, I had planned to branch the business off in three completely different areas and grow it beyond a solopreneur kind of a venture. And that was where I was going to focus on writing and publishing, the side that I do now. I was going to go into more music and other types of audio work and also some video work. Now, at this point, I haven't completely ruled out all video. I still plan to do that tied to the sites, but I don't really expect music and video to be quite as big of a part. But it was important to me that I not give up on the music side of things. It's I spend a lot of time writing songs. I generally don't let anybody ever hear them. It's something I do for me. But eventually, I would like to somehow tie that into the writing and publishing. So for example, if I were to do a book trailer, I might use original music that I created. So things like that. That's the kind of thing we're talking about today. And again, this isn't just music that we're talking about here. This is, you know, I'm, for example, very into sketching. I do a little bit of painting. You know, any of that can be tied to my writing too. I could do book cover designs or I could do sketches for short stories for a collection. I could do my own blog graphics. There was a previous plan to do a comic strip for the site that I just simply haven't had time to. I can illustrate my own children's books. I think I have four or five of those drafted just waiting for me to illustrate them. Um, so there are all kinds of ways to tie different types of creative interests together. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to talk more about music and writing here, but I want you to keep in mind some of the things that I'm talking about in Spencer's case, because you might be able to do the same for this kind of visual artwork or any other type of creative work that you're interested in, whether that's music, video, or whatever it is that you have an interest in. Now, I also want to point out that, you know, this is just one option merging your music or other creative work into your writing. But the other option, which is what Spencer brings up more, is this idea of pursuing completely different creative ventures under a single name or brand. You know, in his case, he has his work with bands previously, and he has this science fiction writing that he's doing, not necessarily looking to tie them together. So, when I give you some tips here, we're going to be looking kind of at both of these situations so that you have options to play with. Now, before we get to that, the how, let's look at some of the benefits of why you might want to do this and also potential downsides. You know, one potential benefit of taking different types of creative work and merging them under a single brand name or simply promoting them under your name as a personal brand is that you don't have to promote and manage multiple identities such as through your social media accounts. And I can tell you as somebody who manages several social media accounts, you know, I think I have at least five or six Twitter accounts tied to different websites I run alone and pen names and things like that. It can really become a headache. And now there are tools that will help you stay organized and stay on top of that, but you'll wear yourself out if you're trying to do that on multiple social media accounts through multiple networks. And 
on top of that, managing different websites. It's exhausting if you're doing it yourself. And if you can avoid that by using one personal brand, then that's a huge benefit. You know, and even if the work isn't directly tied together, like in Spencer's case, you might be able to find ways to cross promote the projects. If you have fans who already love you because they found you through your music, well, then they're going to be interested in other things you're up to potentially. And if they're a big fan of your writing and they hear that you're also in this band, they may want to check out your music. It's a lot easier to check out, you know, a song of a writer you're into than read a novel from someone whose band you're following. But, you know, generally bands are going to have the much broader fan bases. So the closer, the more overlap you have there, the better, because it is going to be a little bit of a harder sell getting a fan of your band to read a novel, you know, as opposed to, as I said, just having a fan of your books. If you went the author route first, listen to a track from your band. You know, while those are benefits, there are certainly downsides to consider before you decide to go this route. And again, this comes from a marketing perspective. So you're kind of hit on both sides here with your marketing. So think about SEO, for example, which is search engine optimization, if you're new to that. When people search for your name in Google, what do you want them finding? Do you want them finding your music or do you want them finding your writing? Now, you can highlight both on a single site, but understand that it might cause some confusion if people are looking specifically for your books and they find a site promoting an album or vice versa. Now, you know, this is why I use pen names personally across genres, because there are different types of buyers or readers, which means I'm targeting different audiences, you know, and specifically in my case, the main two genres that I'm focusing on are cozy mysteries and then horror. And while there's some overlap there, they all kind of deal with death, you know, it's murder mysteries and horror, um, they're not the same audiences. So if somebody were to find something I wrote in the horror genre, and then they saw this, this mystery for me, not realizing it was a cozy, which is much lighter, they would probably be very disappointed. And that puts you in a position where you might end up with negative reviews that really aren't tied to your writing itself, but the expectations that you set up. So I use different pen names across genres for that. But what we're talking about in this case is a little different because we're talking about two completely different types of art. So I honestly don't see that as quite as much of a problem as long as you go in understanding that you run the risk of confusing people when they find your site or your social media profiles. So you need to make sure that everything you communicate is clear. Okay, everything needs to be visible. You don't want to tuck your book information in on internal pages and have your homepage focus only on your music, you know, or the other way around. You want to make sure that no matter why they ended up on your site, they're going to find what they need and make sure that you have very clear landing pages for each of these types of creative projects. So you can get around that, but it's just something to keep in mind if you're going to do that. So you know, just to the general business side of this, you know, overall, I love this idea of merging your various creative interests under a single business and brand. 
if you already have a following in one area, like in Spencer's case from his past work with bands, then absolutely use that to promote your other creative projects. You know, for example, you know, if you're still in the band and that band has a mailing list, well, those subscribers might be intrigued by a novel from a member of the band they're following. What I can tell you from my music PR days is that indie music fans can be downright rabid supporters of the musicians they follow. So if you tell them that you are involved in some other kind of creative project, chances are very good that they're going to be interested and they're going to check it out. And if they like it, they're going to spread the word. And you know, this is where authors kind of struggle in comparison to musicians. The fan culture is very, very different. And musicians have a leg up here that frankly, they've been at it longer than most indie authors. It, indie publishing is a much newer phenomenon for the masses. So if you have that, if you have that rabid fan base, then by all means, use it to your advantage because that's what makes this such a good idea from a business perspective. It's that crossover and that built-in audience that you may already have on one side. Okay, so now what I want to do is give you a few tips on how you might be able to combine these kinds of creative ventures under a single brand. The first thing I would suggest is that you merge projects any chance you get. So if you're in a position like Spencer, where you might be in a band and be looking to publish books, one option would be to use one of the band's songs in a book trailer to promote that book. Now, if you're in a band and you're not a solo artist, then obviously you're going to need to get permission. That's going to be a recurring theme here. Don't do anything with your band's website, music, etc., without permission. Look, if you're a solo artist, you own all the rights and stuff, that's different. But be careful here because you don't want to make your band feel like you're exploiting them. Another suggestion I have is to focus on personal branding rather than brand names. Unless you're running a more traditional business, like in my case, I'd suggest promoting your creative projects under your own name. Now, if you're in a case like Spencer's, you're going to have band branding in the mix as well. But if you're operating on a solo basis, just keep it simple. A brand name is going to be much harder to incorporate into your indie publishing as opposed to music. You know, you're not going to use a brand for your own publishing company and have it also be your band. It's that just doesn't work in the same way as focusing on your name primarily in your promotion. The next tip is something I briefly touched on already, but I think it's important. Give all of your creative work a prominent place on your website. And if you're using one brand, try to stick to just one website. Don't hide your writing while you focus on promoting your music, for example, and same the other way around. If you have a new book coming out, it doesn't mean bury your music deep into the website, you know, keep everything visible. You know, certainly promote your most current project more heavily, but everything should be accessible and ideally visible above the fold of your site, which means they don't have to scroll to see it. Um, and you can just do that in your site's navigation, have a very clear link for music, for books, etc. So people who are there for something specific can find it. From the PR side of things, I strongly suggest setting up an online newsroom 
This is basically an interactive media kit. Musicians might know them as EPKs or electronic press kits. It should have all of your press releases, your media coverage, any downloadable high resolution images you have, your bio, and anything else that you would put in a media kit. Then what I suggest you do is have multiple downloadable versions. And this is usually in PDF format. You'll want to make sure that you're, you know, or you might have a compressed folder with your PDF documents as well as your high resolution images. But I say multiple versions of this because I would say go with a full kit. It has everything just like your online newsroom, but then have a separate smaller media kit downloadable version for each type of creative work you're doing. This way members of the media can access what's relevant to them on your site while they're only downloading what they actually need. And also, you know, like with any kind of newsroom or media kit, make sure they can download individual files as well somewhere from your newsroom, every individual image. Don't make them download an entire kit if they don't need it. So if all you give them is one big media kit that has everything, that's bloated and it gives them more to go through. And the more you make them look at, the less likely it is they're going to get through it all and cover you. Just give them what they need. So if you're targeting music publications that won't have any interest in your book, make sure they can access just relevant coverage and news about your music. If you're promoting your book, focus more on things like your book cover art and blurbs for your book and things like that. They don't need links to your MP3 files for reviews. They're not, they don't care about that. So just give the media what they need. Okay, always, always, always keep the media happy if you want any kind of promotion. Now, even if you're involved with a group like a band and they have a mailing list, you should really start building your own. Do not simply take your band's email list as a starting point for your personal list, though, or you risk running afoul of anti-spam laws. Instead, what you can do is you can promote your new project in an email to the band's list inviting them to sign up for your own if they want updates from you in the future. Or if the band feels your writing is somewhat relevant, then they can include updates about your book in the band's newsletter. Just don't create a new list from those subscribers to the other list because they didn't opt in to receive those updates. Always keep your lists opt-in. Now, if you're in a case like Spencer's where you're building an author musician brand, chances are good you'll be doing live performances at some point. So consider tying your book to band merch in some way. It doesn't even have to be merch you're selling. You could do a simple giveaway. For example, if you plan to release a print version of your book, maybe design bookmarks that promote your book's release date during the pre-launch period. And I would make sure that your band's branding is somehow incorporated. And again, make sure you have everyone's permission if you're in that kind of a group scenario. Now, one option would be to promote the book on one side of that bookmark and perhaps upcoming show dates for the band on the reverse side. Just make sure that you're going with small print runs if you're promoting anything date sensitive. And look, you know, chances are good that your fans, they've never gotten a bookmark at a show. Will it appeal to all of them? No, of course not but different will help you stand out. And if they come across that bookmark later, you know, maybe they just tossed it in their car and forgot about it or stuck it in their bag or whatever, um, they're gonna come across that later. 
and they're going to see this info about your book and think, what the hell was this again? But if they see your band branding and they're familiar with your band or your music, if you're a solo artist and they're already a fan, you want that association. So if you can, try to make sure that you're promoting them both together on any merch that you're using to promote your books. Now, um, one more tip, which is to tie your writing in general to your music. For example, you might be a guest contributor or a freelancer for music industry sites and publications where you'll get an author bio with your content. It not only lets you promote yourself to potential fans of your music, but they get that small taste of your writing through your articles. Then you can tell them in your bio that you also write fiction and link them to your website. Ideally, you'll want to look for a more creative spin to these articles because anything too dry probably isn't going to help much. But in Spencer's case, you know, he might go even further and write about the scores for science fiction films since he had a broader interest in that area. Now, I want to go back to what I mentioned in the beginning of the show, and that was a question Spencer had asked me. He wanted to know what my favorite part of working in music PR was. And I have to say, as a PR professional, my absolute favorite thing about working with indie musicians was that they were so creative and forward-thinking. They were literally years ahead of most of the PR industry. When I came in and... When I started switching over to those small business clients I mentioned, the online business owners and such, and I launched a blog called NakedPR.com. When I launched that site, it started out to give practical tips to my client base. But what happened was some big issue came up in the PR industry and I dared to comment and became a big thing. And the next thing I knew, my main audience was actually other PR professionals and the blog really took off. And it was a completely unreal experience at the time. But what I quickly learned while dealing with these other professionals and really paying more attention to the industry issues, as opposed to just the practical side of it, which I'd already been doing for years, was that PR people were kind of clueless when it came to online PR and specifically social media and blogging. And I couldn't understand it because I had gotten so spoiled working with indie musicians. You know, it, and it wasn't, you know, they were early to things like YouTube, they were early to social networks. You know, MySpace obviously was the big one way back in the day for music and a lot of niche ones. Um, they use niche social networks much better than authors generally do. Um, they had crowdfunding mastered before most authors knew what it was, and the big sites that you see now didn't even exist yet. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. And these guys have been doing it so much longer that they're often much better. And so it was so strange to me to see PR people come in and just not understand when these bands did. That was my absolute favorite part, is the fact that they were just so far ahead of their time, and they still are... You know, they're still amazing. That's why the series is so exciting for me because authors can learn so much from them. They don't go around to blogs looking for ideas about how to promote themselves on social media. They're out there coming up with the ideas that you're going to learn about four or five years down the road when authors finally start to catch up. And that's what's amazing. So yeah, that's what I love the most about working in indie music PR just 
being so far ahead of the curve and kind of blazing the trails rather than following them later. So I'm really hoping that with this upcoming series, you'll be able to pick up some tips that'll hopefully give you a leg up when it comes to indie publishing and marketing your books. So yeah, that's what I love the most. So to rehash, you know, I love this idea of taking your various creative interests and merging them under a single brand. If you are a solo artist of some kind, I strongly suggest sticking with a personal branding strategy as opposed to trying to get creative with some brand name. And just make sure that you're tapping into any existing fan base you have while not exploiting it. You know, you don't want to be promoting something that is completely irrelevant all the time to people who just don't care. So look for a tie-in any chance you get. That's going to be really important if you want that crossover from your fans of your music to building a readership for your books. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you to Spencer for this question. Now, if you'd like me to tackle something specific in a future episode, you can submit your writing-related questions through the contact form at allindiewriters.com slash podcast by emailing me at jen, that's J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com or by leaving me a voicemail at 484-575-1345. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance Theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.